Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. You know, my my wife decided that she was going to take um, our kid and her mother and go on a trip for a couple of days. So I'm I'm here, but it was, it's pretty interesting that when she decided this, which was like a day and a half ago um i agreed to it but when i got home there was like no food in the house <laughs> there was no water and there was no soap <laughs> i'm like am i just gonna be survivor man just stuck here and like it didn't dawn on her that yeah there were certain necessities that i was going to need if i don't have access to a car so <laughs> Like we got that straightened out. I was able to get some some uh, things put together, but like I was uh, kind of stuck there for a minute. But things are good now. <laughs> wow. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't expecting to hear that story. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely was not. <laughs> well, at least in the midst of um, you having to play survivor, the Bulls are four and zero. Yes. <laughs> one of only two teams that are four and zero, um, and one of three teams that are still undefeated. The other four and zero team is the Warriors, and also undefeated are the Utah Jazz. Jazz are undefeated. Yep. I mean, I thought that they played some pretty good players, uh, not players, but um, teams so far. Because when I was just looking at their uh, schedule. Uh, well, just going down the list of like the opening schedules for teams, um, I thought I had looked at their schedule, and I thought that I had seen that they had uh, a couple of teams that were like going to be difficult to deal with. But you know, anytime you're out west and you come out undefeated to begin the year, that's it's pretty pretty impressive. But yeah, you know, looking at this this opening schedule now, you had told me that you know, this team was going to catapult up to number three in the East. And I was not there yet. I'm still not there yet. <laughs> um, given, like, I, I, I am looking at who the Bulls have played so far. And I don't want to say that I'm on that same, like, train of thought as other outsiders are. Because everybody is pretty much saying, um, who, who have they played yet? Like, yes, it's great that they have this 4-0 record, but who have they played yet? And when I hear people say that, those who are outsiders looking in, I'm like, well, you really, you know, you don't really understand the narrative of this team and what it's been like. Because you take last year and you even take the year before that, there were times that this team was favored to win games and should have been favored to win games because there were plenty of times last year in general where this team, now granted, they didn't have Lonzo, they didn't have DeMar, um, they didn't have Vucevic uh, yet, but there were times last year where this Bulls team was favored to win games, and rightfully so because many of those games that they were playing were against 
teams that were missing their starters. And the Bulls still found a way to lose and not just lose, but lose in like, like tremendous fashion, like sometimes even getting blown out with teams missing like three or four starters. That's not the case this year. You see this team coming in and aside from what happened last night with, um, with them in Toronto, um, you, you see this team and they're, they're putting a spanking on a lot of teams coming into this. So, you know, it, it's been a, a pleasant surprise to say the least. Yeah. Um, I've heard the, well, they, they haven't played anybody and, you know, you, you can only play who's in front of you. Exactly. And like we, like you just said last year and year before the bulls would lose these games. And that's not the case anymore. And the sign of a, a good team is beating the teams that you are supposed to beat. Yes. That, that's part of being a good team. You take care of business. You beat who you are supposed to beat. And that's what they've done in these first four games. And actually, if you go back to the preseason, they're 8-0. They haven't lost this year yet. Yeah. Uh, granted, it was against some of the same teams that they're opening the year with. True. Um, and, you know, sorry, I, I said they played last night, but they played um, on Monday. Um, but, yeah, like that Detroit team, granted, um, I remember like there were times last year that Detroit was playing teams, and I don't remember a lot of blowout blowouts with um the Pistons last year. I mean, Dwayne Casey, despite what people might think about him and his tenure in um, in um, Toronto, he's a pretty good coach um, and usually has his team playing hard and playing defense. And you, you saw that with uh, that, that game or a couple of times that the Bulls have faced um, the Pistons, not just in the, the regular season, but in the preseason, how they'll get after it. You know, they, they don't mind competing, at least from a defensive standpoint, not saying that they have anywhere near the amount of talent that this Bulls team has on it now, uh, nor do they have like the firepower. And of course, they're missing their first round draft pick. And, you know, they're not slated to be one of those top contending teams uh, in the NBA, but they'll still get after it on the defensive end. And um, just the effort that I'm seeing with this Bulls team and, and putting teams away. And, you know, um, we were, we were surprised or we were, we we're kind of wondering what they were going to be like from a defensive standpoint. We, we got a taste of that in the preseason with them having active hands, uh, creating uh, turnovers and getting out on the floor and in transition. But um, yeah, like for the most part, the Bulls have done exactly what they were supposed to do. Um I looked at that team last um, last not last night, but um, the night previous, where they were playing the Raptors, and yes, the Raptors did make it a game. Now you had that Raptors team; they're playing at home. Um, that's a team that, even though they won a championship, they're not missing so many guys who weren't on that championship team that aren't familiar with what the system that they run and what they're trying to do from an offensive standpoint. 
Um, they have some young faces and some new guys, but you still have a, a core group of guys who are there. And they were missing um, Siakam. But that's a team that I don't, I don't expect them to be contenders this year, but I, I expect that team to be kind of in the thick of it, maybe be one of those teams that's like a play-in uh, team. But, you know, the Bulls are doing what they're supposed to be doing. The, and aside from that disastrous, like, fourth quarter that they had where it just it seemed like nothing was going right for them, the Bulls were pretty much handing, you know, handing it to Toronto. Like they were taking it to them. So I'm not like I'm surprised at the outcome as far as being 4-0. I am a little bit surprised by that. But with the carryover that I'm seeing from what was taking place in the preseason, you know, it, it, it looks like this is something that we should be able to look forward to uh, throughout the year. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, because the Bulls, like you said, they – you're saying they haven't played anybody, but they've taken care of business. They've won these games they're supposed to win one. And it's with the offense really still being a work in progress. Their defense has been what's been carrying them. And that's kind of the good sign of how they can sustain winning and be at the top of the Eastern Conference is the defense that they've been playing. Yeah. And, you know, I I like um, the mindset that not just um, you have uh, with Ball and, you know, his his athletic ability from the defensive standpoint, but also with how Caruso framed it. Um, and I remember in, in one of the um, I think it was like one of the interviews. I, I can't remember when it was taking place or if after a practice or if it was. Um, you know, after a game, but he, he pretty much said defense is pretty much just about effort. Um, yeah, you can, you know, do your homework on teams and all of the, these other things, but it's really just about providing effort on that end of the court. Um, when you have somebody who is going to get after it, even if their shot isn't falling, even if they might be having some struggles from the offensive standpoint, Caruso and Ball, when they get in that game, they plan on doing what they need to do, which is be a disruptor. Um, and that is having a tremendous carryover to how the Bulls are uh, going about things. It's interesting to see that as much as we're like, you know, we expect this team to, to really flourish offensively, as you said, they, they haven't figured everything out. And it's going to take a while before they figure everything out. It's not a team that has practiced a whole lot together. Um, and you have uh, some faces that are coming back, like P. Will is coming back into the fold, but he's not 100%. Uh, Zach isn't 100%. We're still expecting to get Kobe back. You take all of these moving parts and you're putting them together and thinking that they're going to be a finished product uh, by now – that's not going to be the case. So it's really encouraging that um, they're able to gel as, as much as they have from that defensive uh, standpoint. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we're uh, sitting at the fifth best defense right now. So we're top five defensive team. 
Yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, but it, it shouldn't be that big of a surprise that, um, like, I'm surprised that they're they're having. You know what? It, I guess it is from my standpoint. <laughs> we just had some really bad guys on defense. <laughs> And even with them being bad defenders, even with guys just not putting in effort, like what were they ranked? It was like twelfth in defense. Yeah, they twelfth. Um, and this is like after the um, Vucevic trade. Yeah, and you know the when he came over here, people were like, "Oh, well, he's another guy who is not really committed to playing that side of the ball." Vucevic has been pretty good. From a defensive standpoint, I, I, he's not anchoring the defense, but as far as what they're asking him to do, I think that he's been pretty good um, with knowing what his limitations are and knowing where he's supposed to be on the court. It didn't look like that the night before because he he was battling some kind of illness. And then when um, Toronto went small, like that was kind of a disaster <laughs> Um, and I, I understood why they had to have Vooch in there because they just weren't getting like quality shots, especially quality shots at the rim. But you know, asking him to switch out on on players and and keep up with guys who are like half his size—that's not his game. But I think the Vooch has been pretty solid to begin the year. He hasn't been the disaster that people have been saying that he would be when he um, first came over last year. Yeah, I, I think he uh, doesn't get the credit that he deserves on the defensive end. Um, he's been good just with getting his hands up and staying big. N- yeah. you know, we had guys like Wendell Carter Jr. and Laurie Marketing who played a Especially Laurie. <laughs> yeah. Um. There were times out there that I thought that Wendell Carter and Laurie shrunk, like physically shrunk. Um, guys just would go at them, and like it, it felt like, almost felt like they shrunk like um, maybe five inches when they were, they were on the court trying to defend other players. Um, but you know, it's interesting. I was listening to somebody on um, NBA Weekend on Sirius like uh, last week. And they made an interesting point, and it like it's it's not so interesting and it's not like so compelling, but it's like the guy said something that was just so simple. He was like, "Look, the same athletic ability that makes you a good offensive player is the same athletic ability that you use on defense. It's not like these guys are playing football. Like you can't ask a lineman." to go out and be a wide receiver. That's just not how that works. But from a basketball standpoint, those same athletic attributes that make make you a good offensive player should work vice versa on the defensive end. Now we're actually seeing guys who actually care about defense, guys who are committed to stopping other guys. Um, because like, even with like the Bulls being 12th last year, it was like, it just seemed like a nightmare. It just seemed like guys could just score at will. When you have a guy, especially like Lonzo Ball, um, switching the way he does and just being able to stick with his man and being able to force that guy into tough shots. And on the um, opposite end, 
being able to knock down an outside shot or create some offense for someone else has been pretty refreshing so far. Yep. Um, actually, happy birthday to Lonzo because today is his birthday. Um, we saw uh, the Bulls got to win the day after Vucevic's birthday. So we're hoping that trend continues with the Bulls getting to win tomorrow when we play the New York Knicks. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's been going on with the Knicks lately. I don't know if they're good or have they just been catching teams and sneaking up on them. I have a lot of question marks with that Knicks team. I, I know they play hard and, you know, they're going to follow the tone that Tibbs sets forth with that team. But I just I cannot fully embrace the fact that a team that has, you know, R.J. Barrett as one of its best players is really going to advance. I can see like um, Randall because Randall was like he was pretty solid coming out of college. And I thought if he got on a team that allowed him to do what, you know, he does, um, you know, you know, he'd have some general success in the league. I've never been a fan of Barrett. Um, I'm not really a fan of a lot of Duke players because I feel like a lot of them come into the league and fizzle out. But I don't know what kind of I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised because we we saw what Tibbs did when he was here, able to make, you know, chicken salad out of, you know, you know the saying. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I shouldn't be surprised. But every single time I look at one of his teams that he's coached, aside from that team in Minnesota, so I don't know what was happening in Minnesota that he couldn't get through to those guys because they had, you know, loads and loads of talent on that team, at least I thought. But, um, yeah, that team seems to respond to him and follow his lead. I know it's going to be a tough um, game for the Bulls, but I think it's one that they can come out with a win. Yeah. Um, it's Tibbs. Um, even with that Minnesota team, they made the playoffs for like the first time in how many years. But the thing that's surprising me is that the Knicks shoot the most threes in the league. Yeah, I saw that stat. Somebody mentioned it on the radio like a couple of days ago. I was like, really? Because they don't strike me as a team that has good shooters on it. They, I, I think I sort of said where they're number one in three point pointers made, and but on the other hand, the Bulls are number one in three point percentage, I believe. Yeah. So which one matters the most? <laughs> I would go with percentage. Yeah. But yeah, that if, I, I I need the Bulls to win that game. That <laughs> stand the Knicks, and I I need them to pull this one off. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know Zach's going to be good to go. Um, he had an MRI done, and it revealed a small tear in the thumb of his non-shooting hand. So, like, with with that particular injury, like, is that something that will eventually heal on its own, or is that something he'll need to have surgery with? I'm I'm not really familiar with it. Um, from what I read, if if this, if no, they said a small tear. If it's, that's the same. It's like a minor tear. 
Um, those usually heal on their own in about two weeks. Okay. Um, but it's confusing because when you know they first released a quote about it, um, it said you know he's going to try to play through it. Then it comes out later when they talk to him at the shoot around that he's saying, you know, if it's pain tolerance, then yeah, I'm gonna play through it if I can. Um, if not, we'll go. We'll see how I feel and what the medical staff has to say about it. So it was kind of, it kind of came out at first like, oh, this is nothing. Then it's like, okay, maybe it might be something. And it seems like now it's a wait and see. Yeah, that's um, again, I'm not, I'm not fully aware of the extent of the injury, but with it not being on his shooting hand, I would think that that's something that he'd be able to play through or at least tolerate. Um, it's been kind of weird because even like, I still don't like, and I was looking, I still don't know quite what was going on with Bushevich um, on uh, Monday night. And then like with um, Patrick Williams and his shoulder injury, like the way that it came out, it doesn't sound like it was it didn't sound as as serious as what I think that it is right now, because it, it looks like he's kind of laboring um, with that shoulder. Um, so, like, I don't know. I've been kind of con- like I thought we cleared up a lot of these medical <laughs> and, you know, having an understanding of what the players injuries were. Uh, last year, but it's been kind of strange to begin the season not fully knowing, you know, where these guys' status is at. Right. Um. Yeah, like Patrick Williams. Um. You know, a report came out and says that the shoulder is really bothering him, and he's just trying to stay out on the floor because he wants to be out there with his team. So his injury seems more serious than just, you know, they said it's a shoulder sprain and so he, he, he has tape on it and he's going out there, but it's really affecting him. And I've, I've realized that's why he's been passing up these open shots. Yeah, he hasn't been aggressive really at all uh, to begin the year. And that's why like, we, we all need to be careful when um, we are given bits of information or we're quick to jump to conclusions because, you know, I was um, I can't help but look, look at some things that people are saying on social media because, you know, that's how we get some of our content, at least as far as what's going on around the league. But, you know, a lot of people who were getting on him saying, oh, look, he's regressed. He has um, made the necessary jump that he needed to make from year one to year two. Uh, Maybe we should trade him for somebody else. And I'm like, "Uh, I think that somebody who was uh, invited out on that, um, what was that part of the Olympic team that, um, that goes and competes against the actual players? Yeah, the select team. Yeah, the select team. Like, I'm pretty sure that if you get, you know, invited for the select team, and that coaches make a point 
of saying that athleticism, the mindset, practice habits, if, if coaches are coming out and signaling him out, I think that we found somebody who can be a pretty good piece for our team moving forward. Um, so like it was, it was, I guess it shouldn't have been surprising because we know how on social media people like to, uh, to go for the worst, but it was pretty interesting, like listening to some people just getting on his case when it comes to find out, Oh yes, he's injured. Right. Um, say I, I was watching that. It was a Toronto game and, you know, he got a pass. He's wide open for three and he passes out. I'm like, why is he passing up open shots? And then the report comes out that his shoulder is really bothering him. I'm like, oh, that's why he's passing up open shots. It's almost the same with, you know, Zach in that turnover last game in the fourth quarter when he was bringing the ball up and he just lost it. And now you're finding out, oh, he, he tore a ligament in his thumb. Yeah. And, you know, th- Look, in, until the Bulls get further along in their um, in their schedule, you're, you're still going to have people who are calling them now and who are doubting what it is that they're capable of doing or to the team that can actually make the playoffs. The, the, the Bulls are in good hands. Um, and it was great to see that with what happened with Zach and, you know, he didn't – this is the funny thing. We have these expectations where, you know, we expect Zach to be great all the time because he's shown us since he's been here that he's been pretty much great most of the time that he's on the court. Zach has an off night and his off night is going seven for 16 (laughs) and scoring like 22 points. That's his off night. So it's funny, like people are like, coming at him, but yet and still we've gotten so used to his scoring ability that we kind of forget the fact that this is a shooting guard who was shooting well above 50% from the field, shooting above 40% from three. Um, so, yeah, it, I think it's it, criticism, like it's, it's just interesting to hear the criticism that's out for the, out there for this team that no one really was taking seriously, but all of a sudden now, like we want to throw players like um, Levine under the bus uh, because he's not doing what it is that people are used to him doing, or he has like a turnover at a, a, a pretty key moment. Like this, it's up to the Bulls now to kind of change that narrative. And I think the narrative has already been changed just from a, a, a cultural standpoint of bringing in defensive players like Caruso and Ball and seeing what they're bringing to the table. But it's, it's just been kind of interesting. It'll be interesting, rather, watching this team turn around the thought progress, or the thought process, rather, of, of other people who are outside of the organization looking in. Uh, because there, there are still people who don't even have this team making the playoffs, which I feel is a joke. <laughs> um, so, But speaking yeah. of a joke, like, how is it that Jim Boylan. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I'll let you just explain. You, because like I, I can't even wrap my head around it. Uh, before I even get to that guy, um, <laughs> that guy. It, yeah, it, it's crazy that people are saying, you know, Zach's been off to a slow start. He's averaging twenty-five and a half, five rebounds. 
nearly five assists on 50-44-95 shooting splits. Yeah, that's a slow start for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the same people I, who are I, coming I can't out believe and saying, that. oh, look at him. He hasn't even won four games in a row. Look, despite whatever record, and I've never heard of a player just winning games in a row unless they were playing a game of 21. Like, I'm pretty sure players are on teams. But – you know, it's it's it is interesting hearing that narrative that people put out there, and yet and still look at the stats that he's putting up. Right. And I guess we'll get to this now. Uh Bulls Nation, we have good news and we have some bad news. <laughs> the good news is uh the NBA has been noticing the Bulls and they have changed tomorrow night's game between the Bulls and the Knicks to a nationally televised um, game, which will be broadcast on NBA TV. The bad thing is, during pre-game, post-game for NBA TV on Thursday and Friday is the cockroach that just will not die. Jim Boylan. I have no idea how he keeps getting jobs that are basketball related. This guy should be where flipping burgers. He must have his hands on like the Kennedy assassin tape. <laughs> um, he probably knows like who was directly responsible for the the um, storming of the Capitol? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of like um, magic that he has <laughs> within his realm of of conjuring up. But yeah, I I don't get it. I don't I don't understand how he's capable. Like he's a wizard. Like he. he <laughs> I'm sure that he's a wizard or a warlock or something like that. He just has some kind of supernatural powers that we're not privy to yet. Um, But yeah, he must be practicing some type of dark, evil black magic (laughs) because I can't explain it away. How else can you explain it away? No. (laughs) I have no clue. I have no clue. I, I just know I was like, okay, we're getting noticed. We got a national televised game tomorrow. And then it's like, I have to listen to his old face before the game. <laughs> Why? Why is he here? <laughs> well, think about the number of Bulls players who are unemployable right now. Like, there's no reason for them to be on a team. Now think about the fact that Boylan has a job. That's pretty incredible. You know what pisses me off the most about this? Every time they announce something with him, they say, former Chicago Bulls head coach. No, he was never a head coach. He was never qualified to be a head coach. That should be stricken from the record books. He should just be referred to as Jim Boylan. Leave us out of it. 
Hey, it's lazy reporting. Look, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I told you that last broadcast. Do you know how many times, like, a player who played for the Cowboys years ago will go to another team, get in trouble, or get, like, you know, just released from that team, and they always manage to flash a picture of that person in a Cowboys uniform? Like, no, you haven't been affiliated with this team in almost a decade. Why are you bringing him up? He wasn't last employed with that organization. But yet and still, that's what they bring up. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why they keep going to the back to the fact that, you know, he was with the, the Bulls team. Um, nobody ever goes back and is like, Carmelo, who um, – you know, played in a bull's uniform. Like, no, you don't, you don't do that. He, he wasn't really a bull. So (laughs) I don't, I don't get it. Oh man. And also the Knicks bulls game is Joakim Noah night and Joakim will be in the building that we're playing against Tibbs, D Rose and Taj. Um, think some more former Bulls will be in attendance, um, like Nersiani and maybe Luau Ding, Brett, you know, guys that were close with Joe King. So the Bulls need to win this game. Yeah, they're at home. Joe King knowing that, yeah, they need to win this game. They need to pull it out. You do not want your first loss of the season to come to the New York Knicks, let alone – on Joakim Noah night. I understand, like, why I hate the Knicks so much. Because, like, any team that Stephen A. Smith roots for, oh my God. <laughs> I have to actively hate that team. Like, I hadn't had a reason to hate the, the Knicks in such a long time um, since those, you know, those – that time period where it was like the Bulls and Knicks like head to head with each other. Like there, there, like there really hasn't been that big of a reason for me to hate them. But, you know, I, I said like Stephen A. Smith, he gets on my nerves. So anytime like I can find a team that he likes to root against, then I will take that opportunity. Why do you hate the Knicks so much? Oh, that hatred is going to stay there from back in the day with the Bulls and the Knicks. But as you said, Stephen A. Smith contributes to it. Nick Ferdale contributes to it. Yeah. Um, I have friends that are Nick fans, so I want the privilege of just trashing their team after we beat them because they're <laughs> so convinced that they're the better team. But see, I have so many good memories um, of beating the Knicks, like the Bulls yes. beating, like you know, there's and not not just beating them. They're just like very good moments, like those three blocks. Was it three blocks or was it four blocks on Charles Smith, right at the rim? Couldn't score. Just <laughs> Horace Grant, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen just kept that man from scoring right at the rim. Um, there's the dunk. 
Pippen's dunk over um, Ewing, where he like just pushes Ewing to the ground afterwards. <laughs> there's that one. Um, there's like countless times of just watching Jordan embarrass John Starks. Um, yeah, like I have very fond memories. Like I know, like you know, the the Knicks did win a few games, but I have some very good memories of the Bulls teams in the past just beating up on the Knicks. So I don't look at them. I always looked at them as like I respected that team, but I just enjoyed us beating them all the time. Yeah. Um, my favorite Jordan dunk ever. He went baseline, shook John Starks and Charles Oakley, and then just dunks on Patrick Ewan's head and just stares at him. <laughs> that is my favorite Jordan duck of all time. <laughs> well, he um there was one game that he had like um he was uh it was it's part of that documentary where he was like saying how he was wearing his old Jordan shoes and um they didn't fit anymore. But he yeah, still got uh, like fifty-three points or something. <laughs> Yep, the last game he played on the Bulls uniform in Madison Square Garden, he brought out the Jordan ones, which were a half a size too small, and he that's still funny. licked them up. <laughs> that, that's funny. See, it's like like things like that that stays with you, you know. Um, so I, you know, I understand my hatred, but you know, my hatred is not like your hatred because um, you have some. <laughs> Some familial hatred in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I, I'll always hate the Knicks and the Pistons. Now, I, I do hate the Knicks for that one. Um, there was that one game that I think like the Bulls were on their way. It, it was like the year that Scotty was leading the team, and um, I forget who blocked the shot at the end, and it was clearly all ball. And the referee called the foul and the yeah. one on the win that game and then won the next game and then they made it into the championship. So there was that bitter moment. Which they me. lost. Yeah. <laughs> it was to Houston that year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they lost to the Rockets. But yeah, I, I thoroughly remember those uh Jordan Bulls teams that just, you know, kept the Knicks really from being truly relevant. <laughs> you know, they were a thorn in our, our side, but, like, as far as history looking back on them, that t- that team was never allowed. Like, Patrick Ewing, great player, wasn't allowed to be relevant during the Jordan years. Right. So that's, that's what I remember the most. <laughs> it's interesting, like, we had the big brother that was always beating up on someone who was way taller than him. Yeah, the need the tradition to continue now. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully it does continue. Like, hopefully Zach is right to play. He can be the play Jordan and drop fifty five on him for all I care. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he just passed Jordan in three pointer, so yep, moving up that list. 
How did Heinrich get up so far on the Bulls? Was he just chucking three pointers like every single chance he got? How many three point attempts was he taking? <laughs> or you were not aware that Captain Kirk is the three point leader for the Bulls? I was aware it was just how many more he had than everybody else. <laughs> uh, well, Jordan and Pippen didn't shoot many. No, so, yeah, I understand that, but like there so, were other other players on this team that were three point shooters and were pretty good at it. I don't remember Heinrich being such a great three point shooter. Like, I guess if we had like Heinrich being the leader in that is like if we kept Lori, you know, because Lori is going to take like eight nine three pointers a game and make two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. We gotta stop talking about. <laughs> I'm saying Lori just keeps getting thrown under the bus here. <laughs> getting thrown under the bus, and I'm driving the bus at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, but you know, Kirk was—he was a reliable three-point shooter. Yeah, I just—I don't remember him shooting the three oh so well. Like, make. I, that I'd have to go back and research. <laughs> like, I really would have to go back and, like, understand, like, how good of a three-point shooter was. Can I Google that? How good of a three-point shooter was Kirk Heinrich? It's worth a Google. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, like... <sighs> His career field goal percentage is saying like, okay, so he, oh well, career was like thirty eight percent three point shooter. Wow. But look how many three pointers he was taking per game. Those first couple of years, like almost five, five, four, four, taking a lot of three point shots. Yeah, it, it just you know started to tell off towards the end. <laughs> Yeah, he got pretty bad at the end, but we still love Kirk. Kirk always laid it on the line. He was like a, a better, more athletic version of Archie. He, <laughs> he would put himself on the line, take charges. I, I loved Kirk when he was there. And now the Captain Kirk role seems to be Alex Caruso. Yes. Did you like it's it's hard for me to look at this team and like fully understand how much better our defense is with having Caruso and Ball on it. I did not know. Like I I remember seeing, you know, um Caruso play more just because, you know, anytime LeBron's on TV, like, you know, Lakers are going to get a lot of exposure, so you get more chances to watch Caruso play. With Ball, I did not know that he had this much defensive athletic ability in him. Like I just I just never really understood that about his game. I understand that people were talking about it, but like I'm actually looking at his game and raving about how good of a defensive player he is. Yeah, I mean the one thing I always said was, you know, he's a good defender. I didn't really 
appreciate his all around game. I I just knew that you know he relied on his defense. Teams now that he wasn't being allowed to play his game with the Lakers and then with the Pelicans, and now he's been given free reign to go out there and play the way Delon. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting the way that works because, you know, um, I'm always like, look, four years in, you know who a guy is. Um, but that's not always the case for everybody. Um, um, one example is a guy who used to play here, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I think that Spencer Dinwiddie turned himself into a pretty good player. Um and with Lonzo, um, you know, I really didn't think that he was ever like I'm just going off of watching him in college. And I knew that he played pretty good defense. I didn't know he could like defend so many different positions like he can, but his shot was just so ugly. <laughs> I, I was like, there's no way that this guy is going to be a good point guard. When he's not that kind of point guard that breaks guys down off the dribble and gets to the basket all the time, but he's going to need to be able to knock down open shots. And I thought there is no way that you're going to be able to be a productive point guard when you can't shoot. And there is no way I thought that he was going to be able to shoot with that that shot that he had. Um, And just watching him completely turn around his shot and seeing him become more confident with that shot. Like it's, I don't think a lot of people understand what it is to make over a shot and become reliable with it. There's a lot of guys that come in the league with ugly shots, but to completely change your shooting motion over, like that's a tremendous amount of effort and work and attention to detail that goes into that, that I I don't think that people fully understand. Yeah, um, it was a huge effort um, by Lonzo. It shows his work effort. It shows that he actually wanted to try to improve his shooting, where you know guys maybe like uh, Ben Simmons wouldn't. Yeah, um, man, that's a situation. <laughs> you know, I think that's that's the thing about this team. Um, this year it's not just guys who are coming in and who are um pretty gifted at what they're doing like i think a lot of people like for whatever reason forgot what kind of player demar DeRozan was like people just assumed that he forgot how to play basketball because he was playing in a different system in um in um san antonio uh, or maybe like they were look they were thinking well you know Kawhi Leonard came around and they won a championship with Kawhi. So maybe DeRozan isn't that good, but DeRozan is a really good player. Just a a great offensive player as far as being able to get his shot where he wants to take it. And for not being a reliable three-point shooter, watching him do what he's doing has been pretty impressive um, to say the least. But yeah, just looking at how, Lonzo has like just totally rebuilt his his game and you're seeing how his game is flourishing. It's it's funny. 
looking at the type of point guard that Lonzo is, is the exact kind of point guard that the Lakers could use right now. <laughs> uh, and they gave up on him because he didn't fit uh, what LeBron wanted at that time. Yeah. So it's it's just it's interesting how that worked out. I'm just glad he was able to come to us. However, he came to us with tampering. I don't care. You know, bring it on. You know, we had to give up a first round draft pick because of that. Who cares? Because um, I'm looking at the talent that he's providing on that floor, and I'm like, if so, what? We if we'd had to give up like a what a late first round draft pick, I don't care. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm still under the belief that there's going to be no tampering found. It's been way too long. Uh, I mean, it's been over 30 days. It's gone now into the season, and they're still supposedly investigating this. We all know that the Bulls and Pelicans had talked about a deal before last year's trade deadline. They had to shelve it, so it's not hard to believe that they already had kind of a deal that they would like to have executed in place at the start of free agency. But don't like, don't we already know that all of these deals take place, you know, days, weeks, months in advance? Like, you look at the like the um, free agency. And you're looking at guys who signed like a 12, 12.01. You know, like, you know what's going on there. So, like, why are, like, why are we looking at it? Like, why, I don't understand why people are acting like that's such a surprising thing. Um, if anybody who should be forced to give up draft picks, it should be um, the Pelicans for making such a stupid deal. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, you, you you, lost Lonzo for what? Garrett Temple and Sadoransky? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, actually that happened? was stupid. That, that happened. And Did that happen? Yeah. Uh, AK finessed them for <laughs> Lonzo Ball for Garrett Temple and <laughs> Thomas Sadoransky. That's a stupid deal. I don't care how you slice that. I don't care what kind of cap relief you thought you were getting or what draft picks unless you're like you were getting like I don't know you know guaranteed like a first like a couple of first round draft picks that were going to hit at number one you know maybe that would make some sense but like giving up ball for for those two players in the draft pick that's just stupid they've been valuable they didn't let him play his game. They wanted him to just be like a 3 and D guy. They didn't value him, so they took and, yeah. you know, that works out for us. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. So, yeah, I mean, thanks, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I can't get over the fact that I'm looking at the central standings and the Bulls are in first place over Milwaukee. A full game over Milwaukee. Like, forget about when is the last time, like, this team has won four in a, in a row. 
when is the last time this team has been ahead of Milwaukee? Um, 2011, I want to say. 2011, 2012. That's craziness. I think that was that lockout season, and we had the best record in the NBA type with the Spurs. And the year before, we had the best record overall. Tip stings, of course. <laughs> yep. It is interesting seeing Cleveland right there in the mix of things. Guess I have to give Markin and some kind of credit. Do you? No. Two Cavaliers. No. I'm not giving him any credit. <laughs> the the number tenth in the East, two and two Cavaliers. <laughs> That's who you're giving credit. No, because like I looked at the last game that they played, and you know, yeah, Markin was a plus whatever, but. He shot like it was like four or fourteen or some kind of ridiculous number like that. The stats just it didn't make any sense of why they won. And then I was like, oh look, Kevin Love scored twenty two points off the bench in like twenty minutes, um, thoroughly outplaying Laurie Markkinen. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> I gotta stop being so bitter when it comes to Markkinen. I just I gotta, I gotta let it go. Oh man. So yeah, after the um the next game, we have uh, Jazz on Saturday, which could be the battle of undefeated teams. And that night is also honoring Tony Kukoc's Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah. Hmm. The night that, you know, we played the Jazz, who he won two championships against. <laughs> so let's make it Tony Kukoc Hall of Fame night. Yeah, like the good thing about, like, everybody's, like, worried about this next, like, slate of games that the Bulls are playing. They're playing New York and Utah, but they're playing them at home. Um, Boston, like, they go on the road for Boston, but at this point, is anybody really scared of Boston right uh, Yeah, I'm not. So, like, and I'm not saying that this should be a cakewalk for the Bulls team, but even this game at Philadelphia, Philadelphia doesn't look like the same team like they were last year. Um, and it's funny because I'm not a big Ben Simmons fan, but, you know, he he's, is a good player. Like he's not a great player, but he's a good player. You take a guy like that off your team who does so much defensively, that's a significant loss for them. So I'm not looking at this next slate of games like, you know, it's murderer's row. It's, it's, you got like Philadelphia. Okay, there's Brooklyn, but Brooklyn doesn't have Kyrie. Oh, wait, no, Brooklyn. Kyrie can't play in that game because they're on the road. No, no. Yeah, they're on the they're not playing in Brooklyn that game. So Yeah, the Nets already said that they're not letting him be a part time player, so he's not playing any games until he gets vaccinated or traded. Okay, so that's that's a game that they can win. 
Like, I don't look at that Brooklyn team and think, oh, man, they're just so insurmountable. They had issues with that team with Kyrie on it. You gave that big contract to um, – uh, I forget that guard forward that they have. I think it was Joe Thomas or something like that. Joe Inglis. Joe what? Joe Inglis. I don't know if it was that. I can't oh, no, remember. Joe Harris. Joe, Joe Harris. Harris, yeah. I was like, that name doesn't sound that familiar. But, yeah, Joe Harris. Joe Harris has been terrible um, since that um, – since the – toward the end of the year going into the um, the playoffs, it, he was not very good. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at, like, the rest of the teams that they are slated to be going up against, and I'm like, it's not like the Bulls can't walk out of there at 500. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, Dallas I has a new coach. Golden State's not fully healthy. Los Angeles doesn't have um, Kawhi. Um, the Lakers are old as dirt. <laughs> Portland, new coach. They're not looking so hot right now. Denver, like, I think, did Denver lose last night? Yeah, they lost to Utah. Yeah, so... And even that, they that Denver team, I think I thought didn't they lose lose to Cleveland? Uh they might have. Yeah, so I'm like this everybody's like talking about the next slate of games. These are not world beaters that they're going up against. Yeah, these teams are in the playoffs, but Yeah, I I I, I fear no team. <laughs> I I don't fear this upcoming schedule. Um no, if if you expect to win, you expect to lose. And yeah. I'm looking like at these next twelve games, and no, this is me being me. I think the Bulls can win at least eight of them. Let me see who we got. Um, let me go back up. That Let's roll down. New York tomorrow. Utah. Boston, Philly twice, Brooklyn, Dallas, Golden State, both LAs, Portland, Denver. Yeah, like I'm looking at, you know, for whatever reason, this that Philadelphia team has always had the Bulls number in the past couple of years. Um, you know, we don't even know if uh, Los Angeles, the Lakers will be, um, if they'll have healthy players. Yeah, LeBron's hurt. Um, yeah, uh, Davis went down last night. Oh, he did. Yeah. Um, See, like that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Like, these are the teams that everybody's talking about that are so great, and even like they, I'm looking at that. <laughs> they barely beat San Antonio. I think double overtime last night. Who was the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah, like who does San Antonio have on their team? Um, Demar's not on there. Murray, <laughs> Dehonte Murray. That's the only guy. On the yeah, man. No, <laughs> you can't. You can't throw Dehonte Murray in there. I asked, who do they have on the team, and you throw me Dehonte Murray. <laughs> that's the only guy that I know that plays for the Spurs. <laughs> Oh, it wasn't double overtime, but it was overtime, and they were able to win by four. No, man. 
Oh, hey, the Bulls play in my area uh, in November. They play at Orlando. <laughs> so I want to check that out. So, yeah, they have uh, Murray. <laughs> no, you can't keep going back to the well that I told you I don't want water from. They have Doug McDermott. <laughs> Um, they have Thaddeus Young, who only played three minutes and 16 seconds. I don't know what Pop's issue is with playing Thad. I feel uh, bad for Thad. I feel like Thad should be on this team. Keldon Johnson? Derek White? Like, DeMonte Murray is like the most known name on this <laughs> They don't even have Patty Mills anymore, do they? No, Patty Mills is in Brooklyn. Damn. Yeah, I don't know who's on there. This one, like, I'm looking at their roster and, like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some guy named Lonnie on their team. Um, yeah. Lonnie, Lonnie Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, you know, it's funny. Like, you are starting to actually talk me into. The Bulls being a number three seed in the East. It's going to happen. Because <laughs> I'm looking at this next slate of games. I'm just going down the list. Um, and I'm like, really? These? I, I guess I guess I should have thought about it last year because, you know, the championship was really up for grabs for anybody. Like, nobody knew who was going to win the championship, but yeah, like th- things look totally different when you take into account that Kyrie is not playing for the Nets. Um, the rule changes have made great players in the past look not average, but just a notch below what, what they were doing. Like um, Hard. James Harden. Harden Luka. does not look like the same person. Luca. Um not looking the same. No Ben Simmons for the Sixers. Trey Young has not looked the same. Yeah, the, the new rules affecting him too. The new yeah. rules affecting him. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, before the season started, Bulls would be top three in the East, and then you know a few nights ago on TNT, Shaq and Barkley said Bulls are the third best team in the East. Man. And now, uh, of course, Charles had to go and guarantee that we're going to beat the Knicks. So, oh, so we might lose that. <laughs> he he got the Bucks winning the championship right. Yeah, so, that's true. So we're going to ride with that and say that he knows what he's doing this time. Hey, remember what I said about a broken clock? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we're just going to hope that you know, that's his twice time being right, his second time being right. <laughs> no, but really, like, going back and looking at the teams who you – you know, like, how you expect – every year you're like, okay, these are the top teams who stand out the most. I don't see, like, a whole bunch of teams where I'm like, they're definitely going to be in the championship. No, I mean we we pretty much given like 
it being Milwaukee because of Giannis and they won a championship last year. The Nets got that respect of Durant and Harden and Kyrie, but Kyrie is not there now. And this rule change has been affecting James Harden. It's not crazy that the Nets are like the fourth seed at best. Yeah, because when they brought in like LaMarcus Aldridge, I was like, okay, um, you know, that's another score, like, but you don't expect to like rely on Marcus Aldridge that much. But now with Kyrie not being there, you gotta find scoring from someplace. Um Yeah, and um um what is that guy? Paul Millsap. He he hasn't looked good. Is Millsap on um the Nets too? Yeah, he is who that they cut Alize Johnson for. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> so and that's uh, funny because that's the type of player that they could use on their team, a hustle guy. Yeah, that's who could have helped them win a couple of their games. Like I said, um Alizay, he knows that. He tweeted out a laughing face during one of Brooklyn's games. I think it was the first game of the season. But he he knows and I'm sure he has that game when we played Nets on his calendar. I think, you know, in a way, though, this is great for the NBA. Like, because for years it was like, you know, LeBron's dominating the league. Nobody's really um, doing much of anything else to really stop that. So you had, like, LeBron. You had the Warriors for a while. Um, But now it's like, who... Like, why not? Why not the Bulls moving up to number three? Yeah. Um, I've seen somebody saying, you know, uh, why not a Warriors versus Bulls finals? Yeah. And of course, those are the only two 4 0 teams right now, and it's <laughs> early. But I, I don't see the Lakers making the finals. No, I don't I, see that either. I don't see the Clippers They're coming, not gonna do, coming out of anything in the West. Not without Kawhi, no. Denver still doesn't have a Jamal Murray. Now, um, that, that team is the team that I was like, they really could use some kind of defensive stopper and another point guard on their team. Um. Because I'm sorry, I've looked at a lot of um, Denver games because I was a big fan of Porter coming out. And I I remember looking at those games last year and Porter was scoring a lot. But I was like, you know, he he does not have the lateral quickness that I thought that he had uh, coming into the league. Duke can't guard anybody. (laughs) He really can't. Uh, he's, you know, he showed that he has a, a pretty good shot. Um, he he can be, you know, pretty consistent at times, but um, you know he's struggling right now. Yeah, big time. So it's like you look at is really to come out of the West. 
I say it's between Utah and Golden State. Yeah, because Golden State's not even healthy yet. Yeah, and Clay's coming back. Yeah, that's a crazy part. And yet they run the same style of play that they like that's just amazing to me. Coaching, like players buying in. They haven't really changed their style of play. I mean, it works. I mean, last year they weren't healthy. Yeah, but it's like you had different players. Like, um, I didn't know that style of play would necessarily translate over. But now they have that guy Poole, which he seems to be developing very well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they got – they got a bunch of weapons on that team. Undersized, like we are, but I mean, it doesn't matter a- when you have guys who are that efficient scoring the ball. I mean, there's an- too many like big teams anymore. I mean, no. Cle- Cleveland's the biggest team, and Cleveland doesn't win anything. No, they're not making the playoffs. Who is that? Followed by um, who else is a big team? Well, when Philadelphia is healthy, they're pretty big. But again, nobody mm-hmm. is expecting Philadelphia to do much of anything. We play the Philadelphia 76ers a lot, it seems, this year. <laughs> More than four times? Let me see here. One, two. No. Yeah, it should like only be four, I think. It just seems like I saw their name a lot, but <laughs> I mean, you know, that Raptors game, we got out rebounded by twenty. Yeah, we still won the game. <laughs> won the game, and we're winning by upwards of like twenty points. So yeah, we, that we just were... shows you <laughs> the whole entire <laughs> thing with whoever rebounds wins. That's not necessarily true. Yeah, we we were up twenty until you know everything that could go wrong just started going wrong. But yeah, yeah, just like from a glance, it just seems like there just aren't there aren't like just great overpowering teams in the NBA anymore. And it's gonna take a while. It like like we said at the beginning of the of the um, the podcast, the um, it's going to take a, a little bit of a while for <coughs> this team to figure out where each individual player likes to score on the court. It'll probably be at like maybe I want to say the all-star break before we get a true sense of where this team sits at offensively, where they're comfortable. That's fair. That's fair. But um, if they keep playing defense like they've been playing defense, I don't worry about it. Defense wins championships. Yeah, you have to be able to stop somebody. Yeah. Um. I mean, even with the offense net, like, with it still being a work in progress, you know, Zach's averaging 25, and I think DeMar's averaging 22. You know, Vooch is going to get going. Later, yeah, Vooch doesn't shot the ball well. I think that's a lot. Is 
he's not used to playing at the pace that they're playing right now. So he's kind of like tired. Because the shots have been like short and it seems like it's kind of the energy thing. Yeah. So I think, you know, they'll work on his conditioning a bit more to get him used to playing fast and running up and down the court. And then, you know, those shots are going to fall because he's not shooting bad shots. There's shots he normally makes. Yeah, I think about, like, where they get set up in their offense, and I'm like, the the Bulls don't have a lot of bad shots. Like, they used to have bad shot makers. Like, Levine is still a good, bad shot maker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think he might have actually mastered that, like, taking some really bad shots and being able to make it. Um, but they don't have that as something that they need to rely on. But it's pretty scary. Like if we really think about that, about it for a minute, no one on this Bulls team has truly taken off offensively. That is the scary point. <laughs> Especially when Zach is shooting 50, 40, 40. <laughs> yeah. Zach hasn't taken off offense. Like maybe like Lonzo's had a pretty good start to the year uh, yeah. shooting the ball. But yeah, no one is like like Demar. He's averaging you know twenty, but he's not shooting the ball that great yet. Um, Vooch isn't shooting the ball great. Um, Levine isn't scoring as much as we expect him to be able to score. P. Will is hurt. Kobe White's not even with the team right now. So yeah. It's going to be pretty scary for teams coming in to play this this team in, in Chicago and for teams having to, you know, face this team when they come in from the road. Yeah. Um, you know, people are saying we have a tough schedule. Uh, they're forgetting that we're a tough team now. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to take a while for people to get used to that. We're not the oh, let's we can rest our starters tonight. We're playing the Bulls. No, that, that's not going down anymore. You better bring everybody. Tell them get get on ahead and get tape your ankles up. Get out there. <laughs> we need all hands on deck because we're playing the Bulls. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like um, I was listening to Embiid, and he was talking about um. There was one game they lost. I think it might have even been to Cleveland. And he was just like, oh, you know, it's just one game and guys are still trying to get themselves together. I think a lot of a lot of these teams aren't really taking notice of like the climate of their their team. Like Philadelphia doesn't really have the time to mess around out of the gate. Like they need to be hit, like being in stride, because from what it looks like, they're not going to have Ben Simmons for the year, more than likely, because uh, he can pull that card of I'm having mental health issues. And who in this climate, in today's day and age, who is really going to question that? <laughs> and this is the thing. He has that clause in his contract. So they had to stop finding him and they have to pay him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> his contract now because he says he's not mentally ready to play. Yeah, and you know, 
that's going to make teams start to like guys in an organization. They're going to support what the coaching staff says as long as it's not affecting anything else negative, like negatively. Um, they come out there and you all of a sudden you're, you're losing games. Ben's not playing. Um, you're going to have guys looking at each other sideways because this is a team that many expected to at least be in the running for making it to uh, a championship. So I don't think that that's going to be something that goes away easily on its own. That's going to be something that they're going to have to address like full head steam, like at some point. Yeah. All I can say is it is not us having to deal with drama. Um, you know, both sides have come, been reported that, you know, Zach and the Bulls are going to reach a deal for a new contract. So all you guys are saying, oh, well, is Zach's contract here? He's going to leave. He's going to come here. No, he's not. Okay. Like, now let's be honest. <laughs> where, where is Zach going to make the most money? Chicago. Chicago. Um, what other squad would it make sense for him to go to? Like, who has the cap room, first of all, to try to pry Zach out of Chicago? Their teams already can't match what Chicago can give them. Teams so that, are bad. That are yeah, cool. teams are bad. So do you think, like, if the if the Bulls go far in the playoffs, which, you know, just judging from schedule and from like what's happening with other teams, it it's not that, you know, crazy of a take to think that they can go far. Where is he going to go? Nowhere, <laughs> because he also wants to win and he's not going to these terrible teams to make less money and not win. Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense. Plus, he has a running mate now in DeRozan. Um, Vucevic hasn't found this. Like, Vucevic is your th- – might be. Like, it's a toss-up between Vuce and um, DeRozan as your third offensive player. Second or third. Like, it can go either way. Yeah. Then having a quality point guard – with um, Ball, who knows how to get him the ball in certain situations. And Zach has improved on the defensive end, but he doesn't have to worry about having to stay as locked in as he would if Ball wasn't on this team. Like, Ball makes life so much easier for players on this team, especially with um, Zach, because Zach – you know, I'm sure he's wanting to go and move into that role where if they do need to stop and, you know, I don't think that he would shy away from wanting to guard another team's best player. But it's not something he has to worry about now. So, you know, when you have that weight off your shoulders and especially having to be the man every single game in and out, I'm sure that there are ailments that Zach was dealing with in years past that he probably didn't let the media know about. But just knowing that you don't have to be 100% all the time and you can get paid, yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's that. Um, I've seen rumors now coming out. (laughs) Several think that Kobe was available for trade. For what? (laughs) Exactly. He the game yet. This is the guy who's probably going to the bench could be our X factor, our sixth man with the offense. And, and before he even gets on the court this year, you're saying, oh, I think the Bulls will probably trade Kobe White because, you know, he they got all these other guards now. What other guards? <laughs> Ball, Caruso, Io. Hey, I like Io. I don't love Io. I like what he's done on the floor so far. Io's game is not ready to be, you know, he can't go out there and and average like 15 points a game every single night or just come out there and light you up for more than 20 points. Like that's not who he is right now. And that's not to say that he can't develop into that, but the Bulls are one of those teams that, you know, they have a wealth of riches. Because you, you think about Kobe, who's still on his rookie deal. If Kobe, when Kobe comes back, I'm sure he's going to be a key contributor off the bench. And then if, you know, depending on what happens with Kobe in the future, then later on you might think about Io actually taking over that role if, if um, Kobe, you know, leaves for whatever reason. But why would you take away from from something that is a strength of the team. Right. Uh, I I, I even forgot about that. He's on his rookie deal. You don't trade players that are on their rookie deal. Yeah. The money's not going to match up. And as it stands now, I don't see, like, let's say, like, next year, because, like, I think that's when his his rookie deal deal would be up. I don't see a whole bunch of teams that are just going to come in and just throw a whole bunch of money at Kobe White. I might be wrong, but even from that standpoint, you'd have to think about what kind of situation that you have lined up with where you're at. Right now, Kobe White is not going to be expected to do a whole lot uh, coming back into the fold of this team. He has the chance to actually really carve out a niche for himself and you know find his way until he gets fully healthy and gets back into the um, the flow of things. But everybody who's on this team right now is set up in the best possible way. And, uh, of course, coming out now saying Zach is questionable for tomorrow's game. Uh, or he said there was a wait-and-see thing. So that's not surprising. Yeah. But with the way things are running, like it's like okay, Io gets put out there for more minutes, and then Io puts up like twenty points. I would be surprised if he did that. I've been pretty, you know, I don't know what to expect from Io, but I've been pretty surprised at what he's been able to do. Just his awareness overall when he's been on that court. Right. Uh. Yeah. Um. No, if Zach doesn't play, you have DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, maybe Bucevic gets going. Um, 
I I would start Io if Zach can't play, just because I think that you don't want to start like Caruso and mess up the bench's chemistry. You want to keep the bench intact with how they've been playing. So I think you know you play somebody like Io or stay in Zach's spot if he can't go. Yeah. But it'll it'll be pretty interesting these next couple of uh games as we see, you know, how will Levine adjust with this new injury? Uh what's gonna happen with um with P Will. I worry about that shoulder with him. Uh, yeah, because of the position that he's playing. If he's gonna be playing guys down low, and I, I know we said that there's not a whole bunch of big teams, but he's still gotta position himself to be able to rebound the ball. Still have to react to defenders, so that's what I really worry about because it seems like guys have been attacking him. I was wondering why so many teams felt comfortable attacking him, but now seeing and understanding that um he was having those difficulties with his shoulder, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I would definitely be more worried about Pat's shoulder than Zach's thumb. Yeah. But we are going to see uh, tomorrow how things go. Hopefully, you know, we're 5 and 0 oh after tomorrow. Um, we come in and we beat Utah and be 6 and 0 oh at the end of the week. And, you know, all those analytics guys are saying that we're not going to make the playoffs. They'll probably be changing their tune. You see, I, I can't trust them because now, like, Boylan is considered one of those guys, so. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah um, the NBA power rankings came out a little bit earlier. Did they? Yeah. You want to take a guess where we're at? Um, I'm going to guess 14. <laughs> we are number eight on the power rankings. Really? Yep. <laughs> number eight, so... <laughs> Not good stuff of where I thought this team sat. I'm just I'm surprised that we're that high because of what people have recently been saying about them. I don't understand like I don't understand what they've seen with just these four teams to understand the talent that the Bulls have added onto their team. They're understanding now. <laughs> But, you know, I don't understand what, what did they what are they seeing now that they shouldn't have expected to see when they added a guy who shot over 40 percent from three last year and a 20 point per game score. I remember they think that we'd be able to play defense. And now they seen, oh, the. <laughs> They're a top five defensive team. We might want to rank them a bit higher. Yeah. So, yeah, we're at eight. Um, I think before the season started, we were like 26. 
26. Wow. Hmm. Now, I don't understand the teams are over us, but hey, at least we're number eight. Yeah, well, who do they have as number one? I'm uh, the Jazz. The Jazz. I can. They're undefeated. Okay. Three and no last week. So, you know, I understand that. I don't understand how Miami is number two. Who has Miami played? I, I don't understand how they're two. They they're they played the Bucks. Okay, yeah, they did they did put a like, beating on the Bucks. Like, they? yeah, they, they put a beating on the Bucks. But they're two and one. Yeah, like I I'm trying to understand who they else they have played. I don't I don't understand how the two and one heat are over the the four and oh Warriors that are number three. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the Bucks are four. I don't understand how five, six, and seven are the Hawks, the Knicks, and the Nets. Hey, didn't the Brooklyn lost their first game? Like the Brooklyn's the Nets. One, right? The Nets are two and two. They're two and two, and they're over us somewhere four and up. <sighs> Whatever. The I don't understand how the Knicks are over us or the Hawks. I don't. I mean, I can understand the Knicks being in the top five since they're like three and one. Yeah, see, that's why I don't play that much attention to that. But the Hawks? I, I, I don't know. But like I said, at least... We are in the top 10 now. Yeah, well, I, I wonder, like, as we get closer to the year and things start rounding out and you start seeing, like, names like not just Levine possibly mentioned as an all-star, but possibly even Vucevic and DeRozan and maybe Ball even thrust into that mix. I, I wonder how that narrative is going to change because, it, it, again – you know, I understand it from this standpoint. This Bulls team, this Bulls organization, has kind of brought this on themselves because you know they've been bad and been laughing stocks. I get that, um, and it's up to them to change that narrative around. So it's it's gonna be interesting watching so many people flocking to this bandwagon that is going to be happening. Um, <laughs> The seats are full, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> What's that? So the seats are full. There's no room. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting watching people try to climb on board this thing once it finally gets rolling. But it's nice to be on the opposite side of people, not just set in like total mockery. Um, because we've been there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We've been on that side, and we won't be seeing it anytime soon in the future. And that is just refreshing. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Like, we do these types of shows. And I think when you go through seasons like that, um, at least from our side, it kind of builds your character because you have to, like, learn to laugh or you'll just start crying. (laughs) (laughs) And, um you know, it's 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 nice being on the other side of this 
I think that when we are in a losing state, it does make for some interesting <laughs> podcasts because we have had some interesting podcasts um, in a different sense. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's nice to be on this side once again. It's been a long time coming, and um, you know, it it's good to be in the position that we're in. Hopefully, things continue to progress like they have. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. You want to give any final thoughts? Um, attitude is a powerful thing. It's and it's nice seeing this Bulls team, um, really embrace defense. Like not just talk about it, but be about it too. Um, so that that's gonna be cool especially like looking at younger players like um ao and even um with kobe coming back because kobe was pretty bad defensively last year like it was just like ole defense for him just uh opening up the open like opening up the door to the lane really and helping them score so it's it's gonna be fun watching this transition um but yeah um you know, you guys can find me at He Said What Sports. And um, I'm just going to say again, prepare for the Bulls to be the third seed coming playoff time. You're pulling me closer. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. It's funny because I don't want to put a ceiling on this team. And I was thinking, no, we'd make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And this is even before I said we'd be third seed. Off some way, we'd find a way <laughs> to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm saying that we're going to find a way to the finals. Wow. Okay. <laughs> slow down there a little bit. Just slow down. We're going to find a way. You got to shoot for the moon, aim for the stars. Well, I'll say this. Like, one of the things, and I know, like, we just said we were closing up, but real quickly, um, one of the things that I appreciated about this Olympic year that um, just went down was that, it, and I, I can't speak on everybody's mindset, but one of the very few guys that seemed like they wanted to be there was Zach Levine, um, like just fully embracing the moment and trying to grow from the moment. Um, him being there is such a great thing for this Bulls team because he's getting a taste or he got that taste of what it felt like playing with those types of players on a regular basis. And that's just going to solidify the fact that he doesn't want to go anywhere lower than that. Um, so like you were saying, like with these bad teams and like them really having the money to, to, uh, offer to Levine or just like going into a situation, not really having any type of foundation that's put forth the foundation that the bulls organization has laid down for Zach is pretty strong and it's going to be strong for at least two, three more years until they retool again. So you know, I 
I can't wait to watch this season unfold. It's, you know, it's already exceeding my expectations, but I, I, I'm, this is going to be a great season. Barring any injury, it's going to be a great season. Yes. Number three in the East. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you just had us win the final, so you can't go back. I'm not going back. We'll go into the playoffs at number three, but we're going to get to the finals. Okay. All right. I said, I'm I'm not putting the ceiling on this team. As Michael Jordan said, the the ceiling is the roof. (laughs) Which never made any sense, but hey, (laughs) he put it on a t-shirt. So... Well, I mean, in certain situations, they say the sky is the limit. But when you're in bad situations, the limit is the sky. (laughs) So, you know, um, it's trending towards the sky being the limit on this team. Yes. So I'm going with the sky. I'm going. (laughs) We're going to the sky. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Go Bulls. (laughs) Can you turn that into a t-shirt? <laughs> We're going to the sky. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to put it on the t-shirt. <laughs> First, uh, nothing but bulls merch- merchandise. Oh, man. <laughs> Go Bulls. Tennis game over. The horn blows. Oh.